Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk. Podcast. All right, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. As we get rolling, I got a bunch of stuff in front of me. We are getting set, and I got a bunch of material that I want to get to. Sue Thomas, how are you this afternoon? I'm well. What? Who's been eating it? You smell uh, There that? is food in here. Yeah, I've, I've spent, we're going to have to blame the Annie Fry show, I oh, believe, okay. right? right? I don't know what it is, though. What do you get, Fred? What do you get? <laughs> I'm afraid to say I don't smell anything. You don't smell oh, anything? Come I know. On. Mark just, smells bad. Oh, maybe it's in the trash, the trash can. can back <laughs> here. So I mean, it doesn't smell bad, but it smells. No. It smells like it doesn't food, smell so. great, Mark. It's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we should probably do 15 or 20 minutes on the smell yeah, of the room, sorry. and, and then submit this sorry. actual show to the bosses for our right. uh, biweekly meeting. They're going to love that. Okay. Let me let me get into some stuff here right away because uh, we have quite the update on this MS Society story that I've been kind of spreading the word about here for the last couple of weeks. We do have Mike Boss, Congressman Mike Boss is coming up here in this hour and uh, State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. They did something with um, makes my eyes glaze over, okay? Makes your eyes glaze over, ladies and gentlemen. Initiative petition reform, okay? But I'm going to cover it because there's this allegation that Republicans in the Senate voted to allow illegals to vote in Missouri. Now, it's a bunch of nonsense from the Freedom Caucus, but we're going to put it into perspective here this afternoon a little bit later. Plus, we have Sue's News, and um, I got some good stuff for Alex Rich in the next hour. Let me start, though, with Kansas City and some of the things that we learned yesterday. We spent some time on this, Sue, obviously, the uh, the news conference yesterday. Then I read the criminal complaint, and one thing that we discovered yesterday is there were two juveniles that we had heard about last week yes. that were charged a few days ago. We don't know anything about them because they can't release that information. I mean, you can show the face of a kid at Arrowhead Stadium that's got, you know, war paint on for the Chiefs, and you can spread that all over the media, and you can do that with the Covington Catholic kids as well. But in this particular case, we're going to keep these thugs safe. I'm sorry, dog whistles. Sorry, Mary Q. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So what we learned then was that there were two adults, two adult thugs. So you got two juvenile thugs, two adult thugs that are also shooting. And this one guy, Lindell Mays, was the guy that um, is accused of killing the disc jockey in Kansas City. But here's here's what's interesting. So they, they talk about some of the witnesses here. And um, 
They say an individual later identified as Lindell Mays was located suffering from an apparent gunshot trauma just to the north of West Pershing Road and Kessel Road. A pistol was located next to Lindell Mays as well as spent shell casing. Lindell Mays was transported to an area hospital. So then they get into the witnesses. Witness 9 was present at the time of the shooting. She stated that herself and Lindell Mays were at Kessler Road. She stated a group of four males approached Lindell Mays, and one of the males asked Lindell Mays what he was looking at because they didn't know him. Lindell Mays told Witness 9 he did not know who the individuals in the group were. Witness 9 stated that one of the individuals had a backpack with a firearm hanging out of it. According to Witness 9, the two individuals pulled out firearms from their backpacks. Witness 9 tried to pull Lindell Mays away so they could leave. And by the way, if you remember, there was an initial report in the aftermath of the shooting, which was a week ago today, that said that there was a woman that said, don't do this here, right? Like That's something right. Something along the lines of, don't right. do this yes. now here. So uh, as she, um, okay, wait, Lindell, Witness 9 tries to pull Lindell Mays away so they can leave. As she turns her back, she hears gunshots. When she turned back around, she saw the group shooting at Lindell May. She clarified and stated that the incident happened fast, and she only saw the individual, individuals with their firearms out, but she could not see who was shooting. So they go into some of the uh, details here about what happened. But then they get to the, um, into the hospital, all right? Um, they, they go through the whole scenario. It appears that Lindell Mays gets into a verbal confrontation with a group of individuals. You heard a little bit of this yesterday. He starts to approach the individuals in an aggressive man- manner, Lindell Mays. Witness 9 puts her hand on Lindell Mays. It appears that he continues to verbally argue with the other people. He backs up, appears to continue yelling at the individuals, pointing his finger angrily, and then the gunfire goes off, right? And it just goes crazy. Wow, wow, West. So, the police then say, and this is all in the, you know, in the criminal complaint in the police report, that they went to the, um, to the hospital. Lindell Mays was read his Miranda rights, and he agreed to give a statement. Lindell Mays stated that he, Witness 9, and Witness 13 were at the parade near Pershing and Kessler. Lindell gave a statement of what occurred that was inconsistent with the surveillance video at the scene. I'm shocked that he would lie. I really am. That, you know, he seems like an upstanding, huh. you know, citizen. He was confronted that when he was confronted that we had surveillance video— Oh, he changed his story. Lindell Mays identified himself, Witness 9, and the others involved by circling them in a still shot taken from the surveillance video. He acknowledged he pulled the gun first, began firing his gun at others first. He was shown a still photo from surveillance video of him pointing a gun at one of the individuals. When asked what that individual was doing, who he was pointing the gun at, Lindell Mays stated the individual was running away. Lindell Mays started, or I'm sorry, stated he hesitated shooting because he knew that there were kids there. But but did anyway? Mays stated they could have all had guns, so he randomly picked one of the individuals to target because he was in fear of Witnesses 9's life. Mm-hmm. Lindell Mays confirmed that he drew a gun first in a crowd of people with kids, picked one of the individuals in the group at random, and started shooting, all because they said, I'm going to get you, and to him that meant I'm going to kill you, Lindell Mays stated to the other officers. Right? And then he says... Well, I didn't think that I shot my gun. When Lindell Mays advised that he did shoot, he replied that he didn't hit anything, though, but he knew it was still bad. Then he stated that he only shot one time. He said, well, maybe two times. When asked why he advanced on them to begin with, he replied, stupid, man, just pulled the gun out and started shooting. I shouldn't have done that, just being stupid. When reminded that the person Lindell Mays was shooting at was running away from him, Mays replied, I know. Uh, And then he said, I shouldn't have pulled a gun out first. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, the Democrats in Missouri, you're right. I'm convinced 
And Governor Parson should be convinced that another law, another common sense gun law will fix all of this with these idiots. Right. Unbelievable. All right. Story number two. And this is unbelievable that this has happened here today because I'm going to kind of round it up. You remember Fran, our friend from the MS Society, Sue? Yeah. Fran was 90 years old. She's 90 years old. And she had volunteered at the National MS Society in Los Angeles, California for 60 years. But then a few weeks ago, something happened where one of the other employees at the MS Society used she, her, you know, gender pronoun, because you have to. It's like the law if you're a young person. And she was confused by this, right? So you'll hear her tell the story here. She didn't even know what that meant, period. And I've mentioned that I've gotten emails from friends over the years. Hey, what's this? I had a lawyer friend a couple years ago. Yeah, get used to it, I said. So here's what happened. I was confused. I didn't know what it was, what it meant. Uh, And I'd seen it on a couple of uh, letters that had come in after the person's name. They had the pronouns, but I didn't know what that meant. And so finally, when I was talking to her, I thought, I'll ask, what does it mean? And, uh, you know, let her tell me. And so she said that meant that they were include all inclusive. Yeah. So then, you know, she she says, "Well, I don't. Why is that all inclusive if it's just she, her? Because she genuinely doesn't understand. Wait a second. Why? What happened to men? Like, what happened to he, him? Uh, a few days later, uh, it was on a Friday. Uh, was it four fifty? At four fifty eight, which we thought was odd, but anyway, that's Fran's daughter. End of the day, end of the week, I got an email from her saying that uh, they were sorry, but they had to ask me to step down as a volunteer for the MS Society. All right, so here's what the letter said. This is from someone named Callie Kumar, who, by the way, has um, deactivated her LinkedIn account because she's getting hammered on this appropriately. So, dear Fran, I hope this email finds you well. We appreciate your dedication and contribution as a self-help group leader within our organization. Uh, As we discussed earlier, after a thorough review of our guidelines and standards, it's come to our attention that there has been a failure to abide by our diversity, equity, and inclusion guidelines during your time as a volunteer. Unfortunately, based on the situation, we've made the difficult decision to have you step down from your volunteer position effective immediately. Now, this goes back a couple of weeks. I started talking about this two weeks ago, right? And it was Chai Rachek from Libs of TikTok that put this on everyone's radar. And and I got to give her credit because she didn't let it go, right? She did not let it go. The first thing that happened was the National MS Society came out with a statement and they doubled down on this. They said for more than, this was on the 15th, a week ago, today or yesterday, tomorrow, we, we forget what day it is. For more than 75 years, the National MS Society has advanced one bold vision, a world free of MS through thousands of volunteers, dedicated staff. We welcome anyone to join us, blah, 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 blah. Recently, a volunteer, Fran Ickhoff, was asked to step away from her role because of statements that were viewed as not aligning with our policy of an inclusion. Fran has been a valued member of our volunteer team for more than 60 years. We believe, this is important, we believe that our staff acted with the best of intentions and did their best to navigate a challenging issue. As an organization, we are in continued conversation about assuring our diversity, equity, and inclusion policies evolve in a service of mission. You know what, MS Society? Screw you. And I apologize to people out there who have MS because... I'll never do anything for the MS Society, even though they're going to apologize and they flipped completely. I'm about to tell you that. I don't care because this is an enormous mistake on their part. And I hope they get the Bud Light treatment. I really do because it's ridiculous. And they had to be exposed on Twitter by a woman 
named Chaya Raychek, and nobody else has covered this story. Have you seen this in any newspaper? No. You haven't even, by the way, I'll criticize Fox News. Fox News. Now, I did it on Kilmeade's show a couple of days ago, and nobody had heard about it there either. So this is what happens today, February 21st, 2024. The National Multiple Sclerosis Society apologizes to our longtime dedicated volunteer, Fran Itkoff. Recently, we asked Fran to step down from her role as a group leader because of statements made that we viewed as not aligning with our recently implemented diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. We realize now, let me fill in some blanks, we realize now that our board of directors has been besieged by people who will say they will never donate a freaking penny to the MS Society ever again because you woke idiots canceled a 90-year-old grandma, you flipping morons. So then they write, I had to fill in the blank there, we realized we made a mistake and we should have had more conversations with Fran about making this decision. Over her 60 years of volunteer service, Fran has been a committed champion for our cause. We had an opportunity to work with her and support her as a self-help group volunteer, but as an organization, we fell short. While we acted at the time with the best intentions, no, you didn't. We did not have clear protocols in place. We should have spent more time with Fran to help her understand, because she was a 90-year-old woman who didn't even know what the hell your stupid pronouns were about, that we should have done something here. Embarrassing National MS Society. But here's the good news. This gets exposed in the alternative media, thank God, And the MS Society is forced to finally flip back and apologize. I hope she sues them. It's ridiculous. Never another penny from me. And I've raised a lot of money for MS over the years. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, there's nothing better than going from a James Taylor promo into some UFO. That's how I'm going to call it here this afternoon. Hey, uh, Sue, remember when Cusimano was not here yesterday? I do, yeah. Now, it was unusual because he's usually here on Mondays, and yesterday, even though we had the holiday on Monday, typically because of that, Frank will you know, join us on Tuesday. We couldn't get a hold of him, which was a little odd. Well, uh, come to find out that he lost his cell phone, and I don't know the whole story. He's going to share it with us this afternoon. Fred tells me that the phone was located in Florida. 
It was oh, missing for three days. my god! Right? I don't know anything more about that, but we will get to that with Kusumano in the next hour. And then, now, Sue, you might remember when I talked about this story yesterday, I said I had suspicion that it was all made up. You had this woman who's a financial columnist yeah, you did. for this um, website called The Cut, and she wrote, she wrote this big piece this week on Monday. It's got a lot of attention. She was on CNN saying, I was scammed out of $50,000, yeah. and I'm the financial columnist. Now, her story was amazingly captivating, yeah, right? But I said, there's a suspicion that I have and, and other I've, people had. I fell for it. Well, are you saying? more people are saying. We don't know for sure, oh. but they were trying to look for the $50,000 withdrawal, and they couldn't find evidence of that. But, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay, but Did how she would, not think they would look? Yeah, but how could you get, like, let's say I want to ask about her bank account. I can't get into no. her bank account, no. No, but it, it, hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll have more. We're gonna we're gonna have. You know, right. he's gonna weigh in on some of this. this uh, George Rosenthal from Throttlement. He's always great on some of the the scam stuff. So, we'll get into that in uh, just a little bit. We are joined right now by Congressman Mike Bost from Illinois, who just picked up the endorsements of a couple of key people that we'll talk about. Congressman, how are you this afternoon? I'm great to tell you the truth. It's, it, it just bouncing all over the northern part of the district and trying to get to all the events and and meeting with people because there's about. Not only are you campaigning, but you're still doing the job as congressman, still doing the job as chairman of the VA committee. That's you. You're just a bundle of energy. So I know how you work the district. But I will tell you candidly, Congressman, that I was very concerned because I was concerned about my uh, friend Rodney Davis, even though he's got terrible taste in football teams because he's a Raiders fan. And he was um, he was primaried and he lost to Mary Miller. Now, I, I don't have Congresswoman Miller on my show because— how do I put this? Well, I think she's crazy. But I was concerned about a similar scenario with you and not being safe in your district. And lo and behold, you just got these endorsements from President Trump and Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, right? That is correct. That is correct. And and a whole lot of other conservatives. Uh, you know, we've had Ronnie Jackson to the district. Uh, we've had uh, uh, Morgan Luttrell was there. Max Miller, who was actually the uh, you know the lead guy for Trump for many years before he became a member of Congress. So yeah, and and Jim Jordan, you know that the we've got a tremendous amount of the conservative uh, endorsement, but obviously uh, the former president and 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 his endorsement means a tremendous amount to the district. You know, if you remember back about six years ago, we actually had him into the he. I think I have the only district in the United States uh, that he has been to. For two different events, one with the the um, the event in in Granite City when we brought the jobs back, and two then the big event in Carbondale several years ago. Well, let, let's talk about some of the things that are happening in Congress. I want to ask you about the uh, Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act. This has to do with the extended child tax credit. Now, this was somewhat controversial even for Republicans. I, I had talked to Congressman Smith about this, who, of course, is the chair of Ways and Means. He was criticized by um, not only the Wall Street Journal but other Republicans for being a little too generous in, in this particular package. What would you say about that, Congressman? Well, I, I did support it. So, I mean, it, it's a case where there there's— Good and bad with the package, but but you know the 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 child tax credit is is one that that is it, it, it's one of those things that it was it was government and and we were moved forward and and you know his lead out of the Ways and Means Committee was was you know we, we followed his lead. 
I, I think that the, the concern there was that there, there's a lot, you know, and this is the concern, I think, of a lot of conservative voters out there, that there's just way too much money that's going on to Washington for things that we can't keep track of. Now, that's certainly for American taxpayers. That's, you know, people that, that need the help. That's one thing. Let's talk about Ukraine and, and the funding for Ukraine, because there's obviously a fair amount of concern with um, with Republican voters in this country about the allocation that keeps going overseas. So, look, this is a tough topic because there's important issues around the globe that America has always kind of paid attention to. But I think people are a little frustrated right now, Congressman. Well, let, let's look at what I've done. So the, when we first voted for the money for Ukraine right after they invaded, I, I, there were two votes. I've supported those. The problem is, is when you see money going to Ukraine, unlike money going to Israel, Israel, you know, they're spending on beans, bullets, Band-Aids to actually fight the war. The problem with Ukraine funding has been we have intercepted and found out because of not proper oversight, money has been used for kickbacks, bribes, uh, uh, things that are never intended uh, as far as fighting Putin. So if it's directed towards fighting Putin and keeping the fight in Ukraine and stopping, sending a clear message to Chi also not to invade Taiwan and the bigger picture of, of what we're going to be dealing with. But we, if, if they're coming forward with any package now, it has to have oversight. And, and that's the only way that I would support that. Oh, and obviously some of this has been tied in with the border. Congressman, we, we continue to just look, you know, in, in stunned shock when we see the images from Bill Malusian on Fox and the, the people who are flooding over the border, the Chinese nationals, obviously another 400 20 or something like that detained just yesterday. There was a message sent by the speaker. I I support the message to say that that border bill that was crafted in the Senate was DOA. But then I guess the question becomes, what happens now? Well, the thing is, the Senate has and has had for 10, almost 11 months now, laying over in the Senate HR2. If they want to do something, take that up. We know for a fact that it has everything in it that will actually not only slightly cure, but put us in a situation. Why? Because what it does is it does all of the things that Donald Trump had been doing, that Joe Biden took away those executive orders. And when Joe Biden says, well, I can't do anything, yes, he can. He can reinstate the, 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 the uh, Trump orders, which is tell Mexico to do what they're supposed to do according to international law, and that's a remain in Mexico policy, to – Continue to build the wall so we can secure the secure the border so that we can actually handle the flow of any legal uh, people across the border and control illegals across the border through an open through a through a gate instead of an open border that's just everything across the bottom, and also then we are uh, in that also we put twice as many as the Senate bill did in in uh, putting border agents in place to make sure that they can take care of what the job they need to do, not checking people in, but keeping people out. And then the, the final thing that was in there that's vitally important, stop the catch and release program and make sure it's catch and return program. But, I mean, obviously puts us in a situation where probably there's not going to be any kind of legislation that's passed this year uh, related to the border, right? Uh, I, I would hate to think that the president would do absolutely nothing because when we've already did the things we've done, sent a clear message, what needs to be done. Well, our chick Chuck Schumer 
sits there on a bill that he's been sitting on that whole time. I believe we could move it very, very quickly. My hope is, is they understand quick play in politics and actually get it moved. Mike, can you give us any insight? You know, we, we see this. We talk about this all the time. It gets repetitive. The president, his, um, you know, his behavior, the way he can't remember things. We know what happened in the Her report. There have to be Democrat colleagues that you have that behind the scenes know how serious this is at this point, right? Yeah. I, I, yes. Yeah. They won't say it publicly, but yes. Come on. You can see it. It isn't, oh, well, he's just forgetful, Joe. No, he has got to the point that his age is affecting his decision making. That's fine if it's your grandpa sitting at home and deciding whether he's going to go out in the backyard or sit in front of the TV. Or what am I going to eat tonight or did I remember eat tonight? He is the leader of the free world. It's scary for everything that's involved with our nation, everything that's involved with, with how we handle the things in the world. And, 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 and for Democrats to put their head in the sand, not make comment, not realize where we're, we're at with this, um, I, it, it is, it's scary. Well, I think they're starting to. You know, I think they did, but, boy, the last couple of weeks. But then it becomes you know, a catch-22 because if there's some sort of miracle and he's replaced at the convention or whatever that you know, long-shot scenario is, well, then— Who do we get? Yeah, well, all right, exactly. That's the, that's the concern. Congressman Mike Boss, always great to have you on. I appreciate it. Thank Take you for care, Mike. Me on. Yeah, Appreciate it. We'll Thank see you, you soon. Let's, uh, I want to get to a little bit of the—it's um, <laughs> it's so funny because Trump has—there's no doubt Trump has his nasty mode, right? He can get in his nasty mode. But lately, he's been in this presidential mode. He's just relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty unique for a guy that's been indicted over and over again and has to put up, what, $350 million into escrow while he uh, appeals. Maybe not that much, but a good portion of it. But he went on with Laura Ingram last night. It was like a town hall. And he was asked about Nikki. The Democrats are giving her money and she's playing into the game. And I think she just can't get she just can't get herself to get out. Uh, She's doing poorly in the polls. Look, if she was doing well, I'd understand it. But she's doing very poorly. She's down by 30, 35 points. And everybody knows her. You're not supposed to lose your home state. Shouldn't happen anyway. And she's losing it bigly. Big. I love that he said bigly because that's one of his words. We, we used to have that. I don't even know if I have it. Dave Klein, producer uh, emeritus, used to have that for me on what we call our hotkeys. And I loved it. Uh, here he is on the former, pre- I'm sorry, the current president's age. He's declined and there's no question about it. We have a nation to run. We have a nation that has to survive. In his best years, he couldn't have negotiated. Well, now he has no clue what's happening. Well, he doesn't have any clue what's happening. And then finally, Sue, who is his Veep pick going to be? You know, when we mentioned the endorsements from Mike Boss, one of those endorsements came from Elise Stefanik, who is someone's uh, who's being mentioned quite quite actively in uh, you know connection with Trump as far as possible VP. I think he's kind of mentioning, and he did last night. Tim Scott might be a good choice. So who yeah. else? The one thing that always surprises me is that the VP choice has absolutely no impact. It's whoever the president is. It just seems. Uh, I remember when Sarah Palin was actually picked, and she did have a big up, and then uh, they just went after her at a level that nobody's seen. But look, uh, you would like to get somebody that could help you from the voter standpoint. And honestly, all of those people are good. They're all good. They're all solid. And I always say I want people with common sense because there's so many things happening in this country that don't make sense. Who wants an open border? Who wants high interest rates? Who wants all electric vehicles? And they're fine, but you want to have choice. You want to go yeah. to combustion. You want to go to uh, the, any hybrid. But you talk. We were talking about faucets. We're talking about we're talking about so much. It's all based on common sense. We want a strong military. We want choice in education. We want to have things that 
can really make our country great again. What we're doing with the open border is a disaster. We are destroying our country. We're going to change that fast, and we're going to get your energy prices down. Mr. President, thank you so much for this. You know, a lot of it is common sense, and we're going to have a great conversation with my friend Selena Zito a little later in the 5 o'clock hour about working-class Americans and why they don't want any part of Joe Biden. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. A lot more to come here this afternoon. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, uh, well, it's kind of technically not our first fish fry, but it is our first fish fry because last week got canceled. So come see us in Collinsville at the Knights of Columbus Hall this Friday, 3 to 6. We'll be doing the show. We'll have the roundtable out there. Uh, didn't I say Knights of Columbus? Yeah, what'd you call the city? Cottleville? Yeah, okay. What did I say? No, I Cottleville. think, I think you I say said, Cottleville? No, Cottles. Is it Cottles? Cottles- Cottleville or Cottlesville? Cottleville. Yeah. yeah. I think well, we're I good have, now. I may have said something wrong. I'm not sure there. Uh, but we would like to, no matter how you pronounce it, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to see <laughs> you on Friday afternoon in uh, Cottlesville. We'll just give it a new name and that'll annoy the people out there. Uh, Jane's <laughs> on the panel on Friday. John Gaskin, Gene Evans will have State Senator Nick Schroer at 5 o'clock because he sort of represents part of that area out there. We have State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman on the phone right now to explain some of what happened yesterday with the initiative petition reform. How are you, Mary Elizabeth? I'm doing great. I'm in the back chamber of the Senate. We're currently debating a property tax fix, a personal property tax fix to keep the price of your personal property from skyrocketing like it did over COVID. So if you hear bells in the background or that's what's going on. Okay, good. Well, I hope you can succeed on that. Let me let me just start with the tweet that went out yesterday afternoon from the Freedom Caucus that said, sad day in the Missouri Senate. Nine Senate Republicans joined nine Democrats to allow non-citizens to vote in Missouri elections and foreign governments, China, Russia, to spend money to influence U.S. elections. Now, my you know, reaction was, my gut check was, well, that, that seems a little nuanced. And I bet there's a, a different explanation for that. And in fact, I was right about that, right? There's a little different explanation for that, isn't there? Yeah, and we're so far in the weeds. Do you mind if I give a little bit of orienting language? No, go ahead. Language? That's fine. Just to try not to okay. let people's eyes glaze over, because this stuff does that I know, sometimes. No, it seems so boring. Okay, so when we talk about IP reform, that sounds horrible. It sounds like a computer problem. But what's going on is we've got out-of-state people trying to change the state constitution by collecting signatures and getting stuff into the Constitution that doesn't belong there. Medicaid expansion, minimum wage, uh, uh, mandatory, you know, like all just kinds of junk that Missourians don't want. And so this is trying to make it harder to change the state Constitution, right? So that's important. And your eyes probably don't glaze over about that because you're tired of the automated machines at McDonald's because you'd rather talk to a person, but they can't afford, the businesses can't afford that when you've got minimum wage requirements, et cetera. So, it's an important fight. And yesterday we cleared an important um, step in the process. For those of you at home, we've got like uh, 20 steps basically for a bill to become a law. And we got through step number like seven, (laughs) which is a big one. It means that the bill can't be changed in the Senate anymore before it goes over to the House. We're going to read it or we're going to vote on it. It's called third reading it, vote tomorrow and then it'll go to the house and it'll go through the whole process in the house where they can change it but it's also important to note that this only happened after a long filibuster by the democrats that that was finally shut down right 
Yeah, so we have debated this bill for over four days and most recently over uh, almost a uh, full day, almost 24 hours. It's like 21 hours we stayed up. And we're fighting to get the Democrats to sit down. And we were at an impasse. The senator, the people who are filibustering, in this case, the Democrats, there's 10 of them. They've got this great sleep schedule. They can go on forever. But the Republicans who are trying to keep things going, you have to have 18 on the floor at any time to be able to make what are called quorum calls. Otherwise, the chamber stops working. Everybody goes home. So those two people or those 10 people, they just kind of pair up and they have two of them in four hour shifts and everybody else gets to go about their their business. And, you know, it's pretty easy. But for the Republicans, when you've only got six people who can be off at a time to rest in four hour shifts and everybody else has to be, you know, awake around the clock, it's very, very difficult on the chamber. So there we were at an impasse. The Democrats said, you know, we're not going to sit down unless a change is made. I didn't agree with the change or unless there's a broader, you know, agreement. There was no broader agreement that could be made between all 34 members of the Senate because that's what has to happen in order to move forward. Um, we could have kept trying to filibuster, but they weren't going to break anytime soon. And so there was an amendment that was offered by a senator in the chamber to get rid of parts of the bill, which are sometimes called ballot candy, which, by the way, is a little bit rich, right? The Democrats used all this stuff. Ballot candy just means things that people like and are really popular so that when you get to another piece of the um, of the language that other people you know, that people will vote for it. So remember with Clean, Clean Missouri, it was a total ban on lobbyist gifts, but really it was about redistricting. So the Democrats saying this is ballot candy is bad is a little bit rich. It's a pretty common tool that's used to be able to pass in advance. Oh, okay, but but the the amendment gets in there and just kind of kind of cut to the chase on the amendment and the claim that, you know, so there illegals, was an because amendment you, was, you can't vote in Missouri already if you're not a citizen, illegal, right? That's protected under the Constitution right. currently as well as in federal law. Non-citizens cannot vote in the state of Missouri. But there was proposals in there to make it abundant, to clarify, to put it in a second time. Illegal immigrants, non-citizens cannot vote in the state of Missouri. There was a, an amendment that was offered to, to take that language out of the bill. Um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to use other options and try to continue to make different decisions. But that amendment passed 18 to 12. Remember, there's not everybody there because people are taking shifts during filibuster, so that's why it doesn't equal 34. Uh, and the, the amendment passed, so that language got stripped out. And, and so the Republicans who voted to strip that out then get accused of, you know, supporting illegals voting in Missouri, right? That's how that happens. That's right. And okay. I have to tell you, that's really unfair. And it's not it's not the whole I, truth. What it's, it's called is a lie. Is what, it's, they're misrepresenting it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're misrepresenting what happened. And if it were true that that's what happened, no Republican would have sat down and allowed a vote on the of course legislation. Well, this is why I wanted to find out a little bit more. Right. But let's kind of get to the IP reform in particular, because here's the other thing that's confusing. And quite honestly, I just discovered this a few weeks ago. Not only do we have to have a proposal for initiative petition reform, but we have to vote on that proposal. So even to get to the point where there's different standards for passing constitutional amendments, this issue that you're working on right now, and the governor doesn't even have to sign it, if you finally get this passed, it goes right to the ballot, right? It goes to the people because it's a constitutional change. So the people have to vote on how they're going to change the Constitution um, in order to change the Constitution. And what's even crazier it's is so they won't be using... I know, I know, it's so, it's like, it's so in the weeds. But the 
heart of the matter is we have to make it harder to change the Constitution so we can protect our founding documents. And I think if if you can wrap your head around that's what we're trying to do, it gets a little bit less crazy. Okay. And part of it, I think, is these tweets about process that aren't really true that make it, uh, you know, even more confusing and frustrating right. for people. Well, let me try it this way, though, too, just because I want people to know this. Let, let's say this finally gets hashed out. You guys work on this. It gets passed. And then it becomes an issue that people are going to vote on. What is the best guesstimate of when that will land on a ballot? And will that affect whatever would happen with initiative petitions this fall? So the governor decides when it gets put on the ballot. And so it will be his three options are to call a special election, put it on the ballot in August, or put it on in November. And depending on when he puts it on the ballot and let's say it passes, there's an argument about whether it will or will not affect what's going on right now. So there are some people, some lawyers who say, yes, it will apply if it passes and with enough advanced time before, let's say, um, the abortion initiative petition that they're passing around, which, by the way, I hope all of your listeners know, do not sign those. Do not sign the abortion initiative petition ballot. But let's say they get enough signatures they and it gets put on the ballot in November. There are people who are arguing that if it gets this change to the Constitution gets put on the ballot in August, then it doesn't matter if the abortion initiative petition passes under the current rules as they are today, it would have to be at a higher threshold that we would be passing under this. There are others who will argue, no, that's not really the case because this, that, the initiative petition sports book, whatever, the, the ones that are in process right now, they'll fall under the rules as they currently are okay, today. Now you've just confused even everyone even more, I think, honestly, oh, because gosh, it's tough. And really, really, I know you're not trying to, but I'm telling you, this, this stuff, I can't get it. Now, I'm not very smart, but I guarantee you that people who are listening and regular voters, they have no concept of what you guys are trying to do or what you're doing. They really don't. And I don't know how to fix that because I try try to fix it because I want to explain to people what's going on. But this whole thing has been so convoluted and it gets so confusing. I I, I think people are just lost. Can I try just two sentences? We're trying to make it harder to change the Constitution to protect Missourians from out-of-state money coming in, period. And how you do that is tricky. But if we get this passed, it will eventually be put on the ballot and people can vote for it. And at that point, it will once it passes, it will be harder for out-of-state interests to change the Constitution. And just to be clear, I don't even know if we covered this. There have been a lot of proposals. The way that would work currently is that not only—currently you have to pass a constitutional amendment with a simple majority, but you're saying that you would require that majority in each congressional district in the state, Right. It would just be a majority of the constitutional district. So you'd have to have both a majority, like, you know, plus one vote, and then also five of eight congressional districts. It would have had to, it has to pass in. Right. So a little different, higher standard there. Mary Elizabeth, thank mm-hmm. you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark, for okay. having me on. Sorry, it's so complicated. It's, it's complicated. Sue, I don't know. Did that help at all? Did it hurt? Uh, her because... last sentence uh, Yeah, helped. right. Well, we should have started with that. Yeah. No, it's just it, it, because the thing that caught me off guard with all this, and you know I've maintained that this is not something that the voters of Missouri are like, hey, let's do IP reform. It's an inside thing that the politicians want to do because they believe it's their responsibility. But I think you have to explain it to people, what they're doing. Yeah. And, and just the fact that just that little simple thing about voting on the changes. So you don't just get the changes when they pass this bill. You only get the changes if you go and vote on the changes. And then, will the changes kick in in November when you vote on the uh, initiative petitions that are on the ballot? Well, we don't know because there's disagreement on that. You see? Yeah, well, I see. Confusing. 
happy to try to help here this afternoon. Sue's News is coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 